Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Woohoo! Welcome to today's show. Today we have an incredible person. Um, it's the mayor from Laguna Hills, and she's awesome. Um, Mayor Heft, and I want you to stick around because we're still in the book of Daniel, and we will be coming out of Daniel chapter 8 from verse 15 to 27. But without further ado, Mayor Heft, thank you so much for being on the show today. And if you could just tell our audience a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go into a Q&A. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, gosh, where do I start a little bit about myself well, um, I uh, was first elected. Do you want me to talk about my life or my elected experience? What What would you like me to do? I, I, I could talk forever. I know. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I want you to talk for about five minutes. So a little bit about okay. your life and a little bit okay. about your, your, you know, being mayor now. And then we'll do a Q&A. But if, uh, take about five minutes. This way our audience gets familiar sure. with you because I think it's amazing. You love the Lord, and, and it's such an honor to have you on the show. And you're actually the third mayor now on the show. So please, uh, Mayor Hef, go at it. Okay. Well, um, I was originally born in Kentucky. Uh, my parents moved to California when I was about four years old and um, pretty much raised in California. I ended up getting saved when I decided to live a summer with my father in Oklahoma, and I ended up um, attending Oral Roberts University, which was a real life-changing experience for me. And then I moved back to California and met my husband, who has been my chief cheerleader and my inspiration, and it's so wonderful to be equally yoked. Um, He's from Europe, so we had some settling to do as far as a relationship is concerned, but we had our faith and we had our politics in line. And I think that's what made our, our relationship so strong. Um, we're going on 24 years married next year. So that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a blessing in itself. Um, and so uh, we've always been volunteers in politics. Um, I've been involved in, with the uh, California Republican assembly. I was eight years recording secretary um, for the state. I was state Correspondent secretary for four years. Um, I was president of the Aliso Viejo. Now it's called the Saddleback Valley Republican Women Federated. Um, then I had my daughter in 2011, um, and I went on to become a, uh, a an assessment appeals. Um, board member, which is like a judge for property tax cases, all the way from like a small condominium to Nordstrom, which we actually heard. Wow. Um, boats and planes included. Yeah. And so. Um, I was unanimously appointed by the Orange County Board of Supervisors, uh, and then I was asked um, by the current mayor of uh, Laguna Hills to run for a seat coming up, and uh, took a, took a couple of weeks to really think about this because I knew this would be a a big a tall order, you know, something that would have really changed um, changed my life, changed my family's life, and it definitely has, and and for the better. And um, I ended up deciding to run. Um, I actually took first place, wow. which was exciting. Um, and then I was I was mayor in 2020, and I'm um, mayor this year. And so it's it's a real honor to be a two time mayor. Um, when uh, you get elected, you never know with the mix of of politics, you may never be mayor. 
And so um, it's been just a real honor to lead my city and uh, be basically the governor of my city. And um, two of the things I'm really proud about that I was able to do in terms of my faith and my leadership is one of them. Our city, uh, for the first 29 years of its existence, never had an invocation, never had a prayer at the beginning of its meetings. Wow. And yeah, and I was told that, well, if you if you do this, you'll have you know, groups like the First Church of Satan showing up. And so we don't want to rock the boat. And uh, let's say staff at that time was all about not rocking the boat. And my attitude was, well, if we're going to honor our country with a Pledge of Allegiance, we also need to honor God with a prayer at the beginning of our meetings and Amen. invite you know, pastors and, and rabbis and, you know, different um, faith leaders to come and, and hopefully, you know, bless our meetings. And um, so I was able to um, get that passed. And that was the first time in 29 years. We're now 32 years old as a city. And um, it was really, really a great honor because we were only, uh, let's see, eight out of 34 cities in Orange County to not have some sort of an invocation. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that was really, really fantastic. Really happy to to see that happening. Um, the other thing was, uh, I don't know exactly how many cities in Orange County it is, but I know there's, there's, there's some. And that was, I was told, I wanted to have in God We Trust above the dais where we sit for our council meetings. And I was told, no, 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 you'll have the ACLU, you'll have this, you'll have the other. And I said, no, no, I want to do this because we need to honor God. We need to make sure God is is a part of, of the decisions we make for for um, my city of Laguna Hills. You are and amazing. So I, Praise God. <laughs> well, and I was able to get unanimous support on that one. And it proudly hangs above. And so if you view our uh, taped council meetings, you will see In God We Trust proudly displayed above. That is awesome. So I, I want to start early. I mean, you said you only lived in Kentucky for a little bit. I love Kentucky, by the way. They have the Ark Encounter, which is a full yes. replica. Have you ever been I there? there? I went there a few years ago. Yeah, one of my best friends from college, uh, she lives in in uh, Lexington. And so we took the whole family and we went, we walked through and experienced it. Oh, yeah, that, they have that and they have the Creation Museum. That's oh, Ken Ham, right? Yeah, we love both of them. I know Ken Ham. I've, oh, my God. But it's amazing. We had, we've gone the last five years in a row with my family. So, so you have family in Kentucky now. I do. My uncle, my uncle and my father, probably my, my last in my, my family. My, my grandmother lived to be 96. She was a um, matriarch of our family. And let me tell you, I got saved on her birthday and she prayed on her knees for me. Oh, that is amazing. So how old were you? That was actually my next question. So it's a good segue. How, when I got saved? Yeah. 16. Yes. 16 years old. And, and what, your grandmother spoke to you or you? She she was a quiet, um, she was a matriarch. She was always helping people. She had this family that she served for years. Um, and literally she outlived them all. She lived to be 96. They were called the Estes family. And mm -hmm. she would, she would bring them food and help them and, you know, financially and all these different things for years and years and years. And she was just an amazing, amazing woman. Um, there will be many, uh, there are many crowns for her in heaven, but probably one of my just, Biggest inspirations as far as how to live a Christ, you know, driven life. I love it. So you'll always remember your, your spiritual birth date yes. because on your grandma's birthday. Yes. That is amazing. So here's my next question. Now we know when okay. you were saved. So you decided to go to college. Um, what kind of degree did you get in college? 
funny. I'm actually writing that for my alumni right now. So wow. It's very fresh. Um, yeah, the, I'm looking to probably get published in their newsletter. But Oral Roberts University, small um, Christian, you know, um, private college, about 5,000 undergrad. And um, I started off not really knowing, okay, you have to declare a major. There's always pressure to declare a major as a freshman, which I think now nah, you really don't need to do that unless you really know. And so I decided to become church ministries evangelism. I ended up going to Mexico, spending a summer there, living there with a missions team um, through ORU. And it was an incredible experience. I was almost fluent in Spanish by the time the summer was over. Um, do you still speak Spanish? I do. It's probably my second language. And then German, my husband's German is my third language. And <laughs> wow. Not, not well, not, not, not very good, but my, my Deutsche Sprache is Sphere Sprache is, is nicht so gut. That's but, awesome. Um, <laughs> you go girl. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but yeah, so no, my, my Spanish. And so I came back and I had been involved in a lot of the, um, uh, the, uh, whatchamacallit, vacation um, Bible school, VBS, um, you know, different kind of events with the kids. We were doing a lot of drama and I'd, I'd done drama before and everything. And I decided, you know what, I want to be, I want to do something to that effect. And so my actual degree is in drama, television, film, and I have a minor in Spanish. Oh, that is amazing. Wow. Praise God. So you're actually a a good Spanish speaker. You could go to Mexico and, and, and literally cut it up with anybody, right, Mayor? Creo que sí, pero se me evodeo mucho de mi español porque a veces um, hablo alemán y también um, español. Hermoso. That's beautiful. So, <laughs> you know, here's what's kind of, you know, we have, we're now starting to gather a, a large following in Hawaii because, you know, we oh. also broadcast, you know, in Hawaii. And what's amazing is I, I I lived in Hawaii for several years and and I never knew that they had a, a, a Spanish population and they actually oh. do because some of the promoters were bringing over boxers and and they started acclimating in Hawaii so that's awesome so uh, you're you finished college um, you moved back to California at that point. At that point, I ended up um, through a series of different uh, positions, kind of to figure out what I want to do. I, I tried the acting scene, and I realized it was so dark. Um, I was living in Los Angeles, and I realized, oh my gosh, um, you just you have to compromise your your face um, if you're going to get anywhere. And I just wasn't willing to do that. I, I realized, oh my god, when it comes down to it, I have to remember my roots, or I'm, so, I'm going to sell my soul. So when you said <laughs> compromise your faith. Tell us a little bit about how you would compromise your faith if you would have stayed as an actor. Well, for one, the casting couch is a real thing. Is it really? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was propositioned. And, and it's, 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 it's funny. I look back and I say, wow, that's how God led me to where I was here. And, you know, even with my, my son, um, we had him and, and, you know, had a, a kind of an agent and some different things. And I'm glad it never really panned out when it came down to it because it's so dark. Um, one of my pastor's sons um, was like a child actor and has done different things. And unfortunately, he's, he's you know, not walking with the Lord. And, you know, this is someone who has, my pastor's really, really strong. And so it's, you don't want to, you know, open that door for, for your kids. But um, but I ended up, I guess, to kind of tell the story, I ended up 
trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I was reading, I'm a prolific reader, and I was reading this autobiography by a man named David Horowitz. And people say, oh, David Horowitz, he's the one who does the fight back challenge and, you know, the right. you know, consumer. No, no, not that David Horowitz. Oh, it's the David Horowitz that was a basically communist uh, started the the um, Students for Democratic Society up in Berkeley. Oh, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, very much. Yeah, I think that is he's in his early 80s, I want to say right now. So mm. I ended up reading his autobiography. It was called Radical Son. I highly recommend it. Um, his watershed moment was when he was very involved with the Black Panthers and all these different groups, wow. these very violent groups, Bill Ayers, all these different groups. And he... Um, he realized he was fighting for the wrong team when his bookkeeper was murdered by the Black Panthers. My goodness. Um, that became a conservative. And um, now he's really fighting for conservative principles. You, you probably see him. Uh, his books are fantastic. So this is his autobiography. So long story short, I was working for him. Um, I decided, well, he decided actually, he wanted me to go to the California Republican Party Convention. Amen. <laughs> and, and promote his book. And I happen to share a table with my now husband. Oh, your husband's a genius. That man picked the right woman for the job. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, I feel the same way about about him. I mean, God, God put us together. He's he's amazing. He really I had an opportunity to meet him and he's a, a, like a whiz. I mean, he's he's a, a, he's, he's, a, a he's like a book. He, he we were going over stuff about our decline in America and how it started oh. and. He's mm -hmm. a genius. You you both actually made a good choice between both of you. Well, praise the Lord. Oh, praise God. Yeah, I call him my my walking encyclopedia. Amen. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I testify. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so you meet your husband. You're at this Republican uh, convention. What mm -hmm. happens after that? Well, we actually both had other relationships we were in, but God had other plans. Oh, <laughs> and about a year and a half later, we had both recently broken off uh, with those relationships. He asked me on a date in February of 1999. Um, we were engaged in January 2000 and married in June. <laughs> wow. Praise the Lord. That is amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, what 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 step did you take next after that? Well, we were both involved in volunteer politics, um, and that was something that really drove us is, you know, what they call it, dinks, dual income, no kids. So you got more time to, um, you know, do things. And so we were really involved. And um, I, I told you I served eight years as state recording secretary for the California Republican Assembly. That's amazing. And four years as their state corresponding secretary. He was actually vice president several of those years. And um, we, you know, it's it's all about. Um, Judeo-Christian conservative principles, fighting for sovereignty of country, protection of the family, Amen. Um, you know, biblical principles, things like that. So um, you do that. And, and I, I want to fast forward because sure. you get involved now with, with the city of Laguna and, and, you know, your husband's at your side and, and, and how, how, what was that journey like? And, and how did it, Begin if I know you mentioned briefly a little bit, but if we can expound, because, you know, a lot of people believe that that politics and Christianity don't mix. But when I read oh. the Bible, I mean, Daniel, the book of Daniel, this guy stripped directly with second command for at least five kings and 
The guy was amazing. And John the Baptist. And I mean, I can go on Joseph. But tell us a little bit about that journey. Well, you know, let me just preface that and tell you that I, I could not disagree more with what you would hear from, from you know, the, the listeners or whoever is telling you that you shouldn't be involved in politics. Um, in 1948, the Supreme Court handed down the decision of uh, Vitaly, and that's how we lost um, public instruction in schools of, of, you know, biblical instruction. And in 1965, they took prayer out of schools. And where has that left us? Right now, we're fighting for our kids. That's what I'm doing. Um, I don't know where God's going to lead me because um, I'll be termed out in 24. Um, and I, I know we have to we have to absolutely fight um, for our kids. So we have to be in. Amen. In we have to be in all in for this because at this point, um, Satan's really doing a number. He is on on us in so many ways, and it's it's a war against women. It's a war against children. Absolutely. Um, It's been a war against men. Um, And he's trying to break apart the family. One of the principles of the communist um, manifesto, I don't know if I have, that's the exact um, resource, but I think there there were all these principles that they they put together in the 60s. The communist, my husband's so much better at this stuff. He's good. He's great. I heard him. Exactly. But basically it says it's about breaking apart and destroying the nuclear family. That's correct. And, and, and that's, and that's so evil. And I'm, I'm just seeing that, you know, with the kids and the, the, the just all the, the confusion, the gender confusion, all these things that we've known for, you know, thousands of years. And all of a sudden you can make up your gender, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. So to kind of get back to your question, um, the journey was, was, was exciting, a little scary. Um, but I just, I stepped out and because we had had so many years in volunteer politics, we had a lot of relationships with, you know, different um, former politicians, current um, office holders. Um, you know, we had a lot of uh, people kind of be able to give in-kind contributions. You know, they would they would give their time or food or different things because, I mean, when you're running for city council or any kind of office, you, you got to have money. You absolutely. You know, um, that's that's part of it. And, you know, you know the higher up you go, the more money you need, especially yes. in a large state like California. Yes. You, you know, Solomon said something really crazy. He says money's the answer to all things. But we know that the love of money is the root of all evil. But that is absolutely, absolutely correct. So please continue. This is exciting because yeah. I, I want people to hear and to know that it's OK to get involved. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Ecclesiastes also says, you know, um, Solomon said meaningless, you know, after he, he got everything he wanted, there was nothing to it. Nothing to it. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think people should be involved. I think they need to be more, um, more understanding about what's happening because otherwise we're like lemmings going over the cliff and, and, and not, you know, having any um, control over what's happening to our country. Um, You know, there's a organization, my husband on the board of directors, it's called the Pacific Justice Institute. And it's an incredible um, now nationwide organization, and they defend parents, schools, uh, businesses, you know, citizens, um, basically their biblical rights, their their constitutional rights. That's amazing. Um, anything that has like a faith, um, I guess, kind of faith base to it. Um, and then um, it's interesting because 
they have this new ministry, which I think is amazing. And I'm actually love to get my church involved. And I've got some different pastors that I've really wanted to hook up with this amazing young pastor. His name's Peter Mord. I believe he's out of San Diego. Um, but I, I don't remember the church he pastors at, but he is, uh, launching or he's actually launched a an amazing ministry called the church finds its voice Hmm. and he has literally helped flip using churches and i know our good friend paul would be excited about this flipping churches excuse me flipping congressional seats using the power of the church that is is that jack hibbs out of chino california he might be Yes, I think he might. It, no, no, it's not Jack Hibbs. His name's Peter Mord, but he may, I'm sure he knows Jack. Right. Um, yeah, maybe it is out of Chino. I, I've only spoken to him a couple times. And okay. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't have that information with me, but he's, he's amazing. He's young, he's dynamic, and he's just on fire to, to um, try to get good people in office because that's what we need. You know, you have to run for the right reasons. Amen. And there's so many people out there that it's all about the, the gravy train. And it's it's so sad because they sell out their country in exchange. Yes, yes, they do. You know, uh, um, Jack Hibbs, uh, as you're, he's probably part of this with this guy because uh, he, they do the same thing. They're getting, they're flipping boards. They flip the board mm-hmm. in, in Chino. Um, they got a, a Christian behind there. They're. They're, they've passed oh. some laws about the parents have to know before their uh, if their kids want to transition, um, and they're doing yeah. an amazing job out there. But yeah, praise the Lord, praise yeah, God. Yeah, no, Chino, Orange, um, uh, Temecula, uh, you've got a lot of different school boards coming together, pushing back against the state, which they need to. Yes, um, I actually talked to. Um, someone on the Temecula school board and it was the most horrible thing. They had changed the curriculum to, you know, not include a lot of this controversial and ungodly, um, you know, content. And the governor sink came down and said, Oh no, you need to do that. And, you know, the transgender, all of that. And he said, if you don't do that, I'm going to fine you. And the total fine came up to like over $2 million dollars. Oh my so they've tried to force him. Now the state's suing him and now he's pushing back. I think he's got Bob Tyler representing him. Um, but it's, it's awful because what's happening is when a school board votes on something, they vote on something. They're elected. Yes. They, their decisions should be sovereign. It should be honored. And yet the state is trying to become a, you know, they're, they're bullies yes, they and they're are. trying to force their way. And it's, it's terrible. And that's one of the things I've been fighting about as a local elect leader, it's called local control or being able to have the ability to govern your own, you know, my town or the, or the County or whatever it is without the state trying to bear down on you. you and they're doing that in so many ways. That's awesome. You know, we have about two minutes left Sure, and, sure. and I wanted to ask you, um, what would you tell someone right now who's thinking of, I mean, you're an amazing mayor, Mayor Hafen, and you've done a lot just by the things that you, we were talking about now and, and that, you. that your husband is also involved in. And you are this, this star in this dark place. How would you encourage somebody that is thinking about running for office? And, uh, but I'm I having a hard problem with it. And we have just about a minute and a half now. How would you encourage somebody like that? First thing I would do is you want to you want to pray about it Um, because God will give you everything. The green light was there 
in 2016 is like, oh yeah, no, this is God. Oh, absolutely. Things are happening. Um, you know, I can't really say that's happened in my life. So you want to pray about it. Um, it's a big undertaking. You know, I, I kind of laughed at the fact that I thought, okay, I can do this for two nights a month. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> way, way, way more than that. Um, it is a big undertaking. If you're not self-employed, you need to have a lot of flexibility in your job. That's just practical advice because otherwise it, it's overwhelming. Uh, you, it's like a second job. It's not a lot of pay. So it's it's a it's a servant's role. Um, it's more of like a stipend. I wouldn't make minimum if I tried um, doing this. Um, let's see. The other thing is you need to have a source of, of, of funds and you need to be able to be okay with asking for money. Amen. That's that's amazing. Thank you so much, Mayor Hef from City of Laguna Hills. We appreciate you. We love you. And you need to run for Congress or, or <laughs> Governor of California one day. Thank you so much. We love you and God bless you. Keep up God the good fight. You. Thank you so much. In Thanks. Jesus' Bye-bye. name. Love you. Bye. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Woohoo! Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. Pretty amazing. Thank you for tuning in. And we are going to pick it up in Daniel chapter 8, verse 20. Or actually, we'll start in 15 to get an idea from where we left off last week. But again, I just want to thank the uh, uh, the city of Laguna Hills mayor, Mayor Hef, for being on a show. She's powerful. San Diego, Hawaii, get involved. We don't want to lose this, and I'm sure God would love you, and you would be a light in a dark place. And we're in the book of Daniel, and Daniel's a perfect example of a man who did who listened to God and was involved in politics. The man at this point is second in command as we're reading this. And let's continue to get into this lesson. And I'm going to say that you and I are going to be blessed because this is God's word. And when it comes out of God's word, it can only be a blessing. So here we go. We'll start off with verse 15. And if you remember, last time we left off, um, in verse 14, and we talked about the little horn. And to me, it's amazing how some people can believe that the little horn is could actually be Rome. And, and there is, a, 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 I want to call it a, a, a segment or an offshoot of, 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 of Christians, uh, the Jehovah, not the Jehovah's, but the Seventh-day Adventists who are Christians 
actually believe that the little horn here is is Rome. But we left off in a vision where we saw these countries are literally in the end days. And and they were consecutively, uh, you know, going through this stuff. But here we go. We pick it up in verse 15 and it says this. And it came to pass when I, even I, Daniel, had the vision and sought for the meaning. Then behold, there stood before me as the appearance of man. This is an angel and we'll see how how it plays out, but there's an angel who has the appearance of a man who's standing right next to him. And then look what happens next. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli. He still finds himself in the land of this crazy place that it's soon going to invade Babylon, but it's Persia. You know, modern day Iran in the in the uh, the riverbanks of Ulai, which called and said, "Here's what the voice says." Gabriel, he's speaking to this angel Gabriel. Now, I want to just briefly speak a little bit about this angel. This is the first time in Scripture, um, from Genesis to Daniel, right now where we're at, where an angel is actually named by name. And this is Gabriel. Now, in in 921, it describes a little bit about the angel. He's he's this angel's amazing because it says that that he can fly and he flies swiftly. I'm I'm thinking, you know, it's better than Superman because Superman, you guys have seen that that show that was, you know, uh, 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 of. a, a fictional uh, character of, of the of this man, but this is an angel, and this angel can fly, and he flies swiftly, and that's that's in nine twenty one. Now, the other thing we see about this angel is that he stands in the presence of God. He stands in the presence of God, and we can see that in Luke one nineteen. And let me read that to you so that you can. Literally get it from scripture. You know, I like to read what the Bible says. And 119 says this. And the angel answering said unto him, he's speaking to Zacharias. Zacharias was the husband, if you remember, of this woman that was related to Mary. But he says this. He says, and the angel answering said unto him, to Zechariah. I am Gabriel that stands in the presence of God. So we know from scripture that Gabriel stands in the presence of God. He stands in the presence of God. And in verse 126 of Luke as well, we see that he, he, as he's speaking to go see Mary, it says, and in the sixth month, the angel was sent from God onto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And he speaks to a virgin, espoused to a man. So we see that God uses him and sends him. And he brings good tidings. He's an angel that brings good tidings. Um, we also see um, another angel who's actually also named in the book of Daniel. And that's Michael. And that won't be until later. But in 1021, he's one of the chief uh, uh, the chiefs that stands in the presence of God. And let me read what it says uh, about Michael in 1021 scripture says this about Michael, but I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth. And there is none behold, uh, uh, 
holdeth with me these things, but Michael, your prince. So Michael is considered a prince. Isn't that amazing? And he's also, when you read in Daniel 12, 21, Michael uh, is the great prince which standeth for the children of, of the people of Israel. So it gives you a description. Only place in scripture in the Old Testament where it names an angel by name, and those both angels are named in the two in the New Testament. In Jude, it tells us a little bit more about uh, Michael. That you know, Jude is uh, the book right before you get to the book of. Does anybody know? Come on, let's see some people that know before you get to the book of Revelation. June one nine says this about Michael, yet Michael the archangel. So Michael is an archangel. The Bible only speaks about two people that are archangels. One of them was Lucifer, who was cast out of heaven because he rebelled against God and became Satan, became the epitome of evil. And so when you think of Satan, um, Lucifer, his his peer or the one he he mirrors isn't Jesus, it's the archangel Michael. And some believe that Gabriel is an archangel as well, but nowhere in scripture do we see that. And so again, these are the two only angels in scripture that are named by name. And as we continue, it says this, um, in verse 17 of Daniel, late 17, it says this, So he came near where I stood, and when he came, I was afraid. And so he was afraid. Daniel was afraid. He must have been this big old man with muscles popping out of his neck, the appearance of a man, because remember when he appeared to Mary in in Luke, he told Mary not to be afraid. So he was this brawny-looking angel that just— Put fear in people. And then it says this, I was afraid and fell upon my face, but he said unto me, understand, O son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision. So God is telling Gabriel, and Gabriel is now telling Daniel what the vision means. And he's saying this vision isn't until the time of the end. And that's why we can be assured that the little horn is in Rome or anyone else, but that little horn is Satan himself. Satan himself. And of course, you we need to remember that that in the Old Testament, um, during this period where God was silent to Israel, um, that Antichus, which was one of the offshoots from Alexander the Great, also profaned the temple. And so when I look at that, I see Satan mimicking, Satan impersonating the real Antichrist. But no doubt he was a type of Antichrist, Antichus, who actually set up a a, a statue of Zeus and sacrificed a pig in the temple. But when we see here, it says that this vision is for the time of the end. And so we can see that it perfectly lines up with what it says in scripture in second Thessalonians, second Thessalonians 
chapter 2, when it calls this man of lawlessness, this guy, let me read it to you. Let no man deceive you by any means. This is verse uh, chapter 2, verse 3. For the day shall come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Look what it says, who opposes and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that, he, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So we see a perfect fulfillment in the end, as he's telling Daniel here, that that little horn is at the end, and he will make himself out to be God. We can also see that in, in Revelations chapter 13, when he sets up an idol in the temple, or, or an image, and his image begins to speak, and people are bowing down to it. But let's get back into what we're reading now. Um, now, as he was speaking with me, I was in deep sleep on my face toward the ground. But he touched me and set me upright. So he's having this vision. He's on the ground. He's looking on the ground, flat on his stomach. And the angel touches him and he, and he stands upright. And, he, and the angel says this. And he said, behold, I will make thee know what shall be. Again, here it is. Last end of indignation. What will happen in the end times? For at that time appointed, the end shall be. And that's exactly what's going to take place. The little horn, he's going to say he's God, but it's not until the end. And then here's the full interpretation. In verse 20, it says this. The ram which thou sawest having two horns. Remember, we read that in, in at the beginning of, the, of this, uh, of Daniel chapter 8, are the kings of Media and Persia. The Medes and the Persians. Those are the two horns. And the rough goat is the king of Grecia, of Greece. And that's Alexander the Great. And the great horn that is between his eyes is the first king. That's the first king. That's Alexander the Great, who literally went in there and just took over the known world at the time at the age of 32. But he also died at the age of 32. Verse 22 says this. Now, that being broken, whereas four stood up for it, four kingdoms shall stand up out of that nation, but not in his power. So again, that's an amazing scripture that was fulfilled because there's literally four of his generals divided what was left into four sections. And Cassandar, he ruled over Greece and its region. Lysimachus ruled over Asia Minor, exactly like Scripture says, these four kings. Seleus ruling over Syria and Israel's land, and that's where Antichus, Epiphany, Epiphany means that he was God, you know, was taking the place of God, and he was honored as God, but he's the one that went into the temple. Again, Satan mimicking what's going to happen in the end days um, in First Thessalonians chapter 2 and in Revelation chapter 13 with this Antichrist says he's God, and so they're divided perfectly into these four people. Now, Polypme, uh, which was the four kingdom, he ruled over Egypt, and so we see it divided into four kingdoms, so perfectly explained in Scripture. Verse 23, listen, and before we read 23, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas, and I want to shout out to Hawaii and to San Diego. Thank you for listening in. And you can support this ministry by praying for us, praying for us, going to Freedom with Adam Ross or at the Cross Church, praying for us. 
And if God puts any thoughts on your heart, that's amazing. But let's continue what Scripture says. Now, that um, being broken, whereas forced to afford, four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation, but not in his power, not in their own power. And, and look at what verse 23 says. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to full, remember, in the latter time at the end, this little horn, a king of fierce continents, fierce continents and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. We just read in in Second Thessalonians that this man will stand up the Antichrist and say again that he is God and he's worshipped as God. And, you know, in, in verse of Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse four, it says, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship so that he is God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember, that's the ladder of their kingdom. This is the latter end. This is he, he repeats it. This is the he has a fierce continent. Um, Revelation chapter 13. Again, if, if you get a chance, please read it. But this is when um, he stands up and and literally takes the place of God and says he's God and he's wounded and he fools the nations. And it makes perfect sense how God sends a strong delusion to dilute the truth. And as we continue, it says this, and in verse 24, and his power shall be mighty but not by his own power, and he shall destroy wonderfully. You know, wonderfully is he comes after Israel. He comes after this of Jerusalem, and he stands in the temple, and he says he's God. And, of course, he goes after the Jewish people. And then it says this, and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. He goes after God's people. You know, I'm amazed when I think about what's happening now, right now in our times, and we literally see scripture being fulfilled before our eyes. We see what's happening in Israel. Um, We see how, you know, uh, Israel right now is in Gaza. We see how the Palestinians have broken the truce. And now we're waiting to see what Israel does. We see how all of these countries are lining up, China, um, uh, South Korea, um, uh, Russia, Turkey, Iran, and we need to wake up, church. We need to see that scripture is being fulfilled right in front of our eyes. We no longer have to hear it from nobody else. We can look on the TV or you can look on social media and see that things are being fulfilled. Now, any of you guys that have kept up with Islam know that Islam is trying to take over the world. You know, Iran and the rest of the countries that surround it and and they want to set up a caliphate. They want to take over the world. They want their book to be fulfilled, which will never come to pass because we know the end of the story. God wins. God wins. But let's continue what it says. And through his policy, he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. Can you believe that? 
because he's going to cause craft. He's going to cause deceit to prosper. He's going to see all of these things come to pass because that's all he knows. You know, in verse five of of uh, well, let me let me turn that to to Second Thessalonians because it's important for us to see Scripture being fulfilled to see that what Daniel was saying is is literally coming to pass. Uh, and in verse 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 5, it says this, and we'll come back to Daniel, but just so that you can see that this stuff is coming to pass. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. Remember about this guy that reveals himself and says he's God. And now you know what withholdeth that he might reveal in his time. You know what is stopping from this guy beginning his his literally political career as the ruler, as the head ruler of the world. And we see a lot of things happening now. He says, seven says this, for the mystery of iniquity that already worked, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. The Holy Spirit in the church in believers, when it's taken out of the way, when the church is taken out of, out of the way, verse eight says this of second Thessalonians chapter two, and then shall the wicked be revealed whom the Lord check this out. We know who wins, whom the Lord with the spirit of his mouth shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even he whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, he deceives the people. Remember in thirteen in second uh, in Revelation chapter thirteen, it says that he's wounded, but somehow he he comes back and he with lying deceitful wonders, and he comes alive and and he says he's God, and and you can read it also in Zechariah and verse chapter in same. Of Second Thessalonians chapter two verse ten it says this, and with all deceitfulness of unrighteous and them that perish because they will receive not the love of the truth. Here is the truth: Jesus is coming back. Jesus wins that they might be saved. For this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned to believe not the truth, but at pleasure and un. Righteousness, you know, that's all that's what is happening now. Look, if you're being lied about because you're a Christian, don't take it bad. It happened to Jesus. They still believe that Jesus was married. That's a strong delusion. There's churches now that believe Jesus was married to to Martha, to, to Magdalene. I mean, it's it's insane. They believe that his first child's name was Sarah. They have a church that's meeting in Oceanside and in Escondido. And they're spreading these lies because it's a strong delusion. If Jesus got lied about, then you being a Christian are going to get lied about as well. And don't fall for the okie doke because God wins. Let's finish this off because we got a few minutes. And through his policy, he shall deceive craft to prosper in his hand. And he shall magnify, magnify himself in his heart. And by peace shall destroy many a false peace. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes. Jesus, the Prince of Princes, remember what Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us his son is born, unto us child is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
but he shall be broken without hand. And the vision of the evening and the morning, which was told is true. Wherefore shut thou up the vision for it shall be for many days in the future is what he's saying. And we see it now revealing in our day. And I, Daniel fainted and was six certain days. It was a hard vision to swallow. Afterward, I rose up and did the king's business, and I was astonished at the vision, but none understood it. You're understanding now because we have the New Testament. God used Paul. God used John. And Jesus himself spoke about the end days, and you can see that in in Matthew chapter 24. It's coming, folks. It's time to wake up. It's time to glorify God. It's time to raise your hands and say, King of Kings, come, Lord. Come, Lord. Don't be deceived by all the wickedness that's happening now. Don't be deceived uh, that God loses. God wins. We just read God wins. You can trust him today. Wife, my wife will close this in prayer. Cleta. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you so much for your word and for your peace that comes from your word and just knowing that we know the end of the story just by reading your word. And so, Father, we praise you every day and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, Hawaii, San Diego, this show has blessed you. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Freedom at adamriojas.com or at thecross.com or call the church. 760-994-3534. We want to hear from you. We love you. Continue to pray for us. And know that if you're going through something difficult, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you beyond anything you can imagine. It's cliche for a lot of people, but he really loves you. He proved it on a cross. If you're a backslider, today is the day to repent and come back to Jesus. Jesus, forgive me. Make me brand new. If you don't know him, Jesus, come into my heart right now. I want to know you as Lord and Savior. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of this journey with us, with freedom, with Adam Riojas. And make sure you reach out to us if you're going through something difficult. Know this, God loves you. Jesus loves you. I love you. But more than all, Jesus loves you forever and ever. Woohoo! God is good. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. 
Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at thecrossoceanside.com. 